Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We have a uh, really cool dude on the phone today. He is up north somewhere in Ontario, <laughs> probably snowy as fuck. We're uh, not, yeah. not going to talk about where he's from, but yes, he's in a small, small town in northern Ontario. Are you wearing a parka? <laughs> Are you wearing a parka? Uh, not in my living room, no. Um, I, I could probably actually it's nice out today. We're two degrees today. Oh, that's not bad. But we do have tons of snow. We do have tons of snow. That's not fun. No, I pulled my snowblower out four times in November and I'm not, a, I'm not one who uses my snowblower very often. So I'm not surprised because even we got quite a bit of snow, even. I thought you were going to say you're not surprised. He, he pulls out his snowblower. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled out my snowblower. Are you normally just like a shovel dude or something? Yeah, I'm usually just a shovel dude. You do that because of the amount of snow doesn't warrant the snowblower? Or you're like, hey, yeah. this is exercise for me? Um, typically, I'm on top of it. You know, if we just get like a couple of inches, it's not really, you know, I try to get it when it's falling or just falling and it's still cold and it's light. I don't like it when it's all wet and packed and heavy and shit. So let me ask you a question about your snow blowing uh, ways. Are you, are, <laughs> are you, are you snow blowing everything? Like you're creating a, a massive pathway and clearing off the whole driveway. Or are you one of those people that just blows off enough snow to walk by or to drive your car? Oh, through? No, no, I do the whole driveway. I have to do a pass to my oil tank and I, ha- I do a pass to my shed so that I can get my snow blower out next time. Um, <laughs> I've also, uh, I've got a, a a gate on my fence at the backyard that I, I clear, you know, I'm not really terribly worried about it, but yeah. So, and I was out there today and my, the doors on my shed are frozen shut. So I'm going to have to play with that next time it snows. I usually pull out my sledgehammer and hammer away and just open it. And mm. anyway, that's that. Well, we've <laughs> created time. a really good picture of what it's like to live in Northern Ontario. So how about we introduce <laughs> our mystery guest? Yeah, sorry. That's a good, probably a good idea. It's Amanda. And we're talking to John, who's, like I said, somewhere in Northern Ontario, which will remain nameless. And uh, we asked him to wait, come wait, wait, on. Wait, why, why, why are we leaving this nameless? Because in a small town, everybody knows everybody. So <laughs> if he incriminates himself, he will be incriminated. Okay, that's a good idea. Whoever came up with that plan is a brilliant person. It was it was a collaboration of uh, through the dialogue with Amanda. There. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's a good thing I wasn't in that mix. <laughs> I don't think he'll say anything too bad. Uh, we actually <laughs> asked John to come on the podcast today because we hung out with him um, I guess we can say we hung out with him at the Canadian Massage Conference uh, the entire weekend. Actually, he became <laughs> our bestie, and uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. Yeah, it was fun. Well, now and he's not anonymous for anyone that saw us hanging out with this guy. Out, you know exactly who he is. But anyway, <laughs> the RMTs will know, but no one up here will know. So we're good. Then. All right, yeah, it's perfect. totally fine. And I'm mostly worried. I'm mostly worried about confidentiality in case I slip up and say something stupid about a client that everybody in town, if everyone in town here hears the podcast, they'll know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm. See, that's, that's why we're we're keeping the town out of it. But we found out when we were at the Canadian Massage Conference from John that he is the only massage therapist. And the two of us just like had 7 million questions for him because we live in Toronto. There's, you know, there's RMTs on every corner. So we wanted to know what it's like to be a practicing therapist in a really small town and be the only one. Actually, uh, before we started, he told me that another therapist moved about an hour away from him. I still consider him to be the only one in his town, but that's the closest therapist to him is one hour away. You would be surprised how, I mean, there's such a need up here for, obviously a need for therapists up here. People will take that hour and drive. They used to do it the other way to come see me. So I'm sure that the people, I mean, 
I'm booked solid till well, till March solid. And then my evenings are all booked probably for the next nine months or something like that. Oh, wow. Um, so they will probably take that hour drive if they're really in that much need. For sure. Or I'll open up a spot and try and, you know, and start bogging down my schedule again. All right. Before we start talking about how crazy busy you are, uh, without giving away too much information, can you uh, give the listeners a little bit of an introduction about you, um, how you got into massage, how long you've been practicing, what type of practice you have, et cetera? Um, I am in my 10th year this year um, practicing. Um, I moved to a larger center that is about two and a half hour drive away one way. I was there, didn't know anybody there. So I, well, before that, I lived in London, London, Ontario, and practiced there for about a year and a half, just getting off my feet, moved up here and had to start from scratch because I didn't know a soul. So I started literally from scratch. What made you leave London to go hang out with uh, dog sleds and snowshoes? Uh, bears and moose. And, yeah. <laughs> um, my ex was from the northern town that I moved to. Had some family stuff that she wanted to reconcile. Gotcha, gotcha. So, okay. So we, we moved up and, um, well, within the first six months, which I was really struggling, the local chiropractor here had a client who saw me and said, hey, there's this new guy down in the big center. He's new. He doesn't know anyone. Maybe he'll come up here and practice. So I did a two and a half hour drive one way for five years every week. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Um, I'm sure you told us that at the conference, but I think I had, I I think I had seven too many wines every night. So I don't, I don't remember. Was it only seven? <laughs> Was it only uh, seven too many? <laughs> seven too many. Yeah. Seven too many. Okay. That's okay. That makes sense. Okay. But yeah, so I was doing that for about uh, five years back and forth. Uh, I was practicing in the big center and here. And finally, when she and I split up, I just, I was already burnt out at that point. So I just moved up here, dropped my practice in the bigger center and focused up here. Um, and, you know, took me a little bit of time to recover from that, but I'm getting back on my wheels here and getting going again. So recover from the breakup or recover from oh, no, having to travel? No, recover from the, from the burnout. Uh, okay. I, I did burn out. I burned out. I was probably burned out for about two years while I was doing that and yeah it just took its toll on me can you explain burnout everybody uses this term and i think it might mean something different to every massage therapist what do you mean you burnt out what was it physically was it mentally was it emotionally it it was it was everything it was everything at my peak i was probably seeing somewhere close to 35 to 40 people per week and i only book hour-long sessions so i was seeing that many people plus the travel plus trying to run well trying to do construction on a house down there plus Mm. plus plus it was there's a lot of stuff going on so yeah i just over overworked myself i was working seven days a week you know yeah well six days a week and then one day was laundry (laughs) which is (laughs) which is work yeah it is work it well it's it's time consuming it's stuff it's not doing stuff for yourself it was a lot of self-care that i was neglecting so i just um I decided to just focus on one practice and go from there. Okay, you said it took you two years to recover. What did you do I, over I, those I was, two years? I was still working. Um, I think it was just the, I, I literally cut my schedule in half. So I um, started, you know, I moved up here. I bought a house. There was, I mean, this is a fixer-upper house. I got it for dirt cheap, but it's a fixer-upper. So I've been working on my house slowly over time and just uh, just taking time for myself, you know, going and, and catching 
catching a sunset and watching it over, I'll say Lake Superior, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but there's nothing like a sunset over Lake Superior, you know, just taking time for myself and doing more things for myself and just resting, painting. I'm an artist. I paint. So, um, just that doing I remember. things for myself. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if you've looked at my Facebook, but that's my latest painting. It's, uh, it's up there. I'll have to check it out. I do remember that because I remember you giving me advice while sitting drinking wine on how to paint at the conference. I gave you advice. You oh. <laughs> you gave me advice because Was it good advice? well, we were talking about um, the link between massage therapists and creativity because that always comes up when we talk to different therapists. There's a lot of musicians, artists, um, performers. Right. And I said, well, I, I don't feel like I really fit in. And then I said to you, well, actually, that's not totally true. I used to draw. And you said, used to? And I said, yeah, I don't really draw anymore. And, you, and your advice to me was, you should draw. If that's what you're called to do, I think, yeah, you should do it. I mean, I, I think you need an outlet for yourself. And I know you guys are parents. So, I mean, kids take up a ton of time. And it's harder to get that time for yourself. Plus, you've got the obligations of the house and whatever. You're running a business. You're doing podcasts. You're doing your practice. You guys are busy people. I mean, I don't know how you do it because I'm just a single guy up here. And I'm a massage therapist. And, you know, that's all I do. And I sometimes don't have time for things, right? Yeah, but I also live in a condo and I don't have to worry about snowfalls. Yep. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. There is a lot more maintenance when you have uh, a little bit of, well, not that I have huge property. I have a 50 by 100 lot and my house sits on it. It's just a tiny little house. So it's good enough for me. I'm happy. Perfect. That's all that matters, mm -hmm. right? I have a question about when you it were is. seeing 35 to 40 people a week. Okay. You must have been making sweet money back then. But did you ever get any time to enjoy it? <laughs> um, I was also paying for someone else who had uh, spending habits. So it was, it was a necessary money thing. It, it, I was actually struggling just to break even sometimes. Wow. Um, yeah, it was, well, with all the travel, I was paying for hotels, I was paying mm. gas, I was, you know, I was buying sheets, I was trying to fit in courses, I was trying to do a lot of things, so I was spending a lot of money at the same time, so not, I didn't really enjoy, enjoy it, but mm -hmm. I've also learned living up here, you don't need money to, to do things and enjoy the time, I mean, I'm I'm happy to go snowshoeing, I bought snowshoes and, you know, I bought a good set and, you know, you can spend you know, five hours snowshoeing on a trail up here. There's there's 10 kilometer trails up here that you, you can You should do. see Mark's face right now. You're describing his <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> no kidding, eh? I, I can see, I can actually picture that. I can picture that. You're describing his yeah. nightmare right that's, now. That's like lost up north for me and just angry and upset. This is what you're doing for leisure. <laughs> hey, it's great exercise. It's great exercise. Good for the heart and all that stuff. And uh, it was funny because I remember you guys thinking that I think we had dinner one night. And you thought I was Mr. Healthy and I'm not Mr. Healthy. <laughs> not I mean, people up here are either super healthy or super not healthy. And it's the people who are super healthy. I mean, it's nuts. There's a guy he'll he's uh, one. Of, what is it? Is it a super marathoner? Uh, what is the term? Iron Man? No, he does like he, he's working towards um, I think it's a hundred kilometer race. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Like that's the kind of fitness people that are up here. Yeah. Yeah. And people are very, very health conscious. They're 
quite aware of you know what diet and stuff does. It's awesome to see because you, you get to see the what different things actually do to affect your body. It's it's crazy. Hmm. What is the approximate population of the town that you're in right now? Uh, I think the sign says three thousand, but I don't think we're that high. Okay. We're about twenty five hundred people. Um, there are satellite communities that are probably anywhere from 500 to 1500. There's probably about three of those off the top of my head that are within an hour. So describe to me where in town your clinic is. Are there a lot of businesses around? Are you sort of like isolated? <laughs> what Does it look like, you know, like a, a dirt road or does, is it, you know, on a downtown kind well, of street? Um, what does it look like? I'll, I feel like I'll it looks like you, Dog there's, River. There's, there's <laughs> it's not a, from Corner Gas. There is, <laughs> it's not a road. There are place. no traffic lights in town. Okay. There are no parking meters in town. Okay. I think the tallest building I don't know if we've got a three-story building or not. I'm trying to I'm trying to picture a three-story building, and I cannot picture a three-story building in my head. Mm. We are not downtown, but you have to pass us when you come off the the Trans Canada Highway to get into town. Right. Okay. We're, we're right beside. We're right beside one. We're the local gas station. We're beside <laughs> it. <laughs> There's one on the highway too, which is not a little bit for so far. I love it. Away, I'm laughing. Yeah, I'm laughing, but actually, like this Mark actually sounds like really, what I would want to do. Yeah, exactly. We used to watch Corner Gas a lot. Um, it, for anyone listening, right? It's so for anyone listening gases. who's not Canadian or maybe just has never watched the show, it's like a, it's a Canadian uh, TV sitcom. show. Yes, it's a Canadian sitcom about a very small town in Saskatchewan, which it's made up. It's a small little town that has like one restaurant, one gas station, and any time we would be watching it. Mark was like, this is amazing. Like, I would love this. Imagine living in a place where you know everyone and you don't really feel the need to, you know, leave your town. And I could see the appeal. But having grown up in a big city my entire life, I think eventually I would I would get antsy. I'd have to Why? Leave. You'd be busy as hell at work, too, apparently. I know. I, that would be amazing to be the only massage therapist in town. I, I can walk around. I can walk around the circumference of town in an hour. That's kind of cool. So does everybody know you? Like, if you're going for oh, a walk, yeah, is everyone like, hey, John, I, I've got John. People, <laughs> I, I still don't know everybody in town, but they all know me. There's a guy, he came up from Southern Ontario. Ontario and uh he he just mentioned to someone that he was getting a massage and you know I'll, instantly are you seeing him are you seeing him and it, I'm <laughs> the only one <laughs> so he he kind of he kind of said you know you're almost like a celebrity and I kind of I had to laugh at that but you know there there is that element that everyone knows who I am because I am the massage therapist that's that's there's, pretty cool there's another girl in town uh licensed massage Massage therapist in Quebec. Mm -hmm. That's her kind of tag. She uh, she was working doing massage for a while and then she stopped and I think she started up again. So technically I'm not the only one, but I'm the only licensed. The owner. only one that's registered. Yeah, this yeah, actually yeah. came up in a, a Facebook discussion a couple times. This actually came up in a Facebook discussion today. Someone posted in one of the, uh, the massage therapist groups in Ontario that, hey, has anyone ever considered the idea of not being registered, doing body work, letting that go? And how do you think that would affect your business? And I kind of chimed in because there's a dude that we had on the podcast before from Kenora, and he was telling us that he knew a handful of therapists that did exactly that. They didn't bother with the registration after a while because they built their clientele. There's not enough competition in Kenora. There's not many people to go to. So whether you're registered or not, right. it didn't matter. You'd be busy. Yeah. Um, I've considered that. Um, at the same time, I mean, I see police officers, I see doctors, I see 
teachers. I mean, we've got four schools up here. <laughs> four, we've got two so people have insurance. You want to be you want to be registered. Insurance. Yeah. Yes. Do you think if you weren't registered and you were not doing or you didn't have the ability or they didn't have the ability to pay for through their extended health care, do you think you would lose clientele? Um, I might lose some. I don't think I would lose all. Um, I have a two-page waiting list right now, though, so I think that it would probably be filled. I don't know. I, I don't think it would drastically affect my business, mm-hmm. but it would affect it. Gotcha. It would mm-hmm. affect it, I think. I could probably get away with it, but really, I mean, it's nice to be regulated and I to be able to say that I'm regulated. I work with a chiropractor, and I think that might affect her Mm -hmm. um, because the other therapist did try and come into our clinic and she said that it was her, it would be her license that would be liable if something happened with her. Mm. So that's a position I wouldn't want to put her into and I don't want to work out of my home. No, and it's nice that you're like, you're the one professional because I mean, massage is within public domain, right? Anyone can do it. So that's, you know, you're, that's why you're famous there. You are the massage therapist because you're the only one. Anyone can give a massage. And not only that, we had a dude on the podcast. He's a concussion guy. I think we called him Connor, the concussion man or something along those lines. And he was saying like, he's noticed a trend that RMTs are now becoming a lot of first line med care because people are going to see these RMTs, physiotherapists, chiropractors, and so on before they decide to go see their doctor. So you can imagine this in a small town. That's that's even more prevalent. I believe it. I mean, I hear that all the time. I mean, a lot of people say I've done more for them than their doctor. And not to to diss doctors or anything like that, but I'm not just giving them a a pill. It's, It's something, it's physical, it's contact, it's all those things it feels like there's actually something being worked on, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's what people like about massage is that they can feel a result. It's going to hurt for a couple of days. And everybody knows that about me because I I tend to be a little bit deeper uh, therapist. Um, But uh, yeah, they, they seem pretty happy with me from what I can tell anyway. (laughs) You know, in school we were, I, I don't know about you guys, but I know that when I was in school, part of uh, confidentiality, since we had talked about that, was, you know, you're taught that if you're out in public and you see your clients, you're not supposed to, like, acknowledge them first. It should be them acknowledging you, like, you know, it's confidentiality. You're not saying that you're, you know, you're not letting other people right. know that that's my client. In this case where everybody knows everybody, when you're walking down the street, do you wait for your clients to approach you and talk to you? Or does it really even matter because everybody knows everybody? Um, that's a good question. I I have had co- clients who I have said hi to and they say hi and they just keep walking. Mm-hmm. I have had clients who come up to me and we have a, I've had people approach me in the grocery store talking about their next appointment and wondering about booking their next appointment or wanting to pull it up <laughs> online to, to book their next appointment. You can't even go get groceries um, in peace. You're a real no. celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a homebody sometimes cause I'm just hiding. Um, <laughs> there's also that element. Um, they talk in school about dual relationships Yeah, and if you want any kind of a life, you, you can't avoid that up here as much as you try and you really have to like, I'm very careful about what I say. I try to be as careful as I can about what I say because I might know something and not be able to say a, a darn thing, you know, yeah, you must have so much somebody or you must have so much I, dirt I on people. Like you are the person in town that probably knows all of the secrets. Are there secrets? I know, I know, I know <laughs> some secrets. Yeah. Um, 
And then eventually they do come out, but it's not through me. As, and as long as it's not through me, then then that's fine. But yeah, that anything I do socially, there's bound to be clients around. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, I was in the bar, uh, the bar, uh, a couple <laughs> <laughs> about a month ago. And I mean, I I knew a bunch of people, so I was just kind of walking around. I'd go get a drink, and I'd have about five conversations on my way to the bar, and then about five conversations on the way back. And you know, it was just—it's kind of neat that way because you do know everybody. And aside from the confidentiality, you can certainly let your guard down and be yourself, and people just yeah. accept you for who you are, which is nice. You know, you don't have to have this this air about you or or be anybody they don't expect you to be anybody but yourself mm-hmm. which is kind of nice yeah <laughs> so it's it's neat it's it's neat up here it's it's definitely different than than down south um i went down for christmas last year and i tell you as soon as i hit the 400 series highways i remembered why i moved up here yeah that's <laughs> I true do not, i'm not a fan of the 400 series highways at all that's so. the only thing i complain about like about living in the city is the traffic any time that we have to go somewhere like for example if we if we travel somewhere for a podcast we might be um seeing someone who lives in toronto but in the west end of toronto and i know there's certain times of the day where that could take me like an hour and a half and that's ridiculous oh, yeah. for me to drive in, you know, stay within my own city and it takes an hour and a half. It's just crazy here. Yeah, I, I remember those days. You know, I mean, there's one postal code here. There's one postal code. One postal code. Everyone has the same postal code. We don't have mailboxes. We don't have mail delivery. We've got a, a post office that everybody has a mailbox in, which is becoming more common. I think Canada Post is moving towards that with the new neighborhoods. But yeah, that's just the way it's always been here. Did you guys ever watch Cheers? Remember Cheers? Yeah, I, I did. Did. I remember Cheers. Is that, I feel I like cheers. as you're talking about where you live, that's all I can think about where everybody knows your name. Like you can walk into the bar and everybody knows you and you don't you don't have to even have anyone go out with you. You can go out by yourself because you'll know a bunch of people and have a good time. And like you said, nobody's expecting you to be John the RMT when you're out. You're just John and... You just happen to be yeah. the town RMT, just like I, I'm going to go back to Corner Gas. <laughs> you know, the two well, cops that are there, they're just, they're, <laughs> when they're out at the bar, they're everybody's friends, but they're the town police, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's the same thing with the police here and the, the doctors and everybody here. I mean, that was an, a kind of an event that was a fundraiser for the music festival that they do here every summer. So there were more people out. I don't think that, I'm not a bar frequenter. I could probably count on one hand how many times I go to the bar in a year mm-hmm. just because you know i mean there are regulars at the bar too who you don't necessarily want to be you know <laughs> best friends with yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't go to the bar anymore either hence why when you know we met you that weekend there was a lot of drinking because that was probably the only time this entire year that we will be in a bar <laughs> yeah well i mean you gotta let loose every once in a while right yeah once a year yeah once a year that's good once that's a year good. have seven too many drinks <laughs> it's fine <laughs> you, you don't do a big new year's thing you're not going to a big new year's bash or anything like that no you know what i'm so lame two of my friends and actually both of these friends have new babies um have asked me what are your plans for new year's eve and i said it's just not fun it's just not worth it i just don't want to go out 
and get home really late and struggle to get home because again we're in Toronto so trying to find a ride home if you've been drinking like you know there's no cabs there's no Ubers sure I could take TTC but that seems like a disaster so no I have no desire to go out and then have to get up at you know 6 30 or 7 o'clock with my kids the next morning nope Nope, don't care. Not doing it. I can certainly uh, understand that. Yeah, I'm late. I mean, I shouldn't say there's one bar that has events. We have a Legion and there's also, I guess there's a new sports bar that opened up here. I haven't been to it though. I guess there's a second bar. They're both part of hotels. So there's the hotel mm. bar. That's kind of what they are. Just so you know. Do you miss being in a in a larger place to work? Um, I used to work in a clinic in London. We had two chiropractors, three physios and at its peak when I was there, I think there were 31 massage therapists. Oh, wow. Which was really 31? Nice. There was 31 at one point. Oh, um, wow. And it was, it was pretty cool because A, you could always get a treatment and B, you had people to ask. I mean, that was when I was first starting out. So I, I had a lot of questions, you know, I'd never run into this. What do you do? Can, mm-hmm. can, you know, can you suggest something for me? Um, up here, there's not a lot of resources for that. So, yeah, and you run into things. <laughs> the first time I came up here, I hadn't even started working up here. There was, uh, I went to the clinic and the former chiropractor and his wife were there. There was also a reporter from the local paper. Um, but the, the chiropractor actually, the, the original chiropractor, he said to me, you're going to see things in this town that you've never seen anywhere else. Like and he's, what? he's like right. What? Like what? Like what? I had... I had a client who, when she wakes up in the morning, she uh, can't open her eyes. Mm. So, like sleep paralysis. She I, kind of, yeah, yeah. Like she just cannot. Um, there's a word for it, and I had it. Probably have it on my phone. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I said I've never done anything. Have you ever worked on anyone's eyeballs before? <laughs> but I was, I was working, you know, orbicularis oris and around facial muscles and stuff and apparently it worked i mean she she said the first day she could open her eyes in about 30 seconds and the second day was maybe a couple of minutes and then it sort of went it sort of deteriorated again i mean i've never seen that before um i had one fella he was in his 90s and back when he was in his 30s he was moving a a cabinet up a set of stairs and he blew like three discs in his back i mean you, you see that but you don't see it very often. So you see it after, after 60 years after he's had this done and he had this wicked scoliosis. Yeah, you know, I guess you would see a whole bunch of different types of conditions and injuries that you don't see here because the lifestyle is so fucking different. Well, that and it the fact very, that yeah. he's the only therapist, everybody's going everybody. to him. So you're getting, you know, some of us don't get to see a lot of conditions that we learned about in school or, you know, d- different things because there's so many therapists. So, you know, I see my same kind of handful of clients that are my, you know, they're my people right. but in your case yeah you anybody who's got any kind of issue is coming to you so it's probably made you have to kind of stay right on top of your game and maybe that's why you take so many courses well yeah for sure um and yeah i i, I consult with the chiropractor quite regularly of about you know sometimes i'm like what even is this but yeah she's she's very good she's an excellent chiropractor so i'm I'm happy it's a great work environment to be in for that are any of the other medical professionals locals or are they all from hey i used to live here i used to live here um well the chiropractor she's from the larger center that i was living in Mm -hmm. we've had a thing with doctors doctors and police officers tend to last about five years Mm. they do their 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 time and then it seems that at the five-year mark i think 
I think with the police, they have to, they have five years that they have to be in a location and then they can move on. Right. And a lot of them do. Um, we had a situation a couple of years ago where we had all of our sergeants retired or, or they moved all at the same time. Within a year, we lost five sergeants um, on the police force. So we've got kind of a new police force in, in the last couple of years. Some doctors, I, I don't know if they grew up here or not, mm-hmm. um, but they have stayed. But we've had, we go through a lot of doctors. We've had times where we've had um, two or three doctors versus right now, I think we've got five or six. Mm-hmm. Our hospital, if you're, if you're a first-time pregnancy, you have to go to the larger center. Right. Um, they recommend about um, three days before because we don't necessarily have the means to deliver a baby. One of the old retired doctors, if in a pinch, they can call him and he will come in and, and do that. But they don't do it on a regular basis. Are there any midwives there? Not that I'm aware of. Interesting. So, and you said the yeah. larger the larger city is like two and a half hours away. Yes. Yeah. So different. MRIs, um, there's usually a good three-month wait for an MRI. You have to go to the larger center. Ah. <sighs> What else? It's just resources. We don't have necessarily the resources, which is one of the frustrations because people are sitting here waiting to get a diagnosis on something and they're trying to live with it too, which which can be very frustrating. So mm-hmm. it's frustrating for us and it's frustrating for them. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of do what you do what you can until you find out. And then you find out it's something totally different than what everybody thought. And you know, so you kind of change your direction. That's 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 a big thing, I think, is trying to get the resources and the people. And that's for anything. That's, you know, whether you're talking medical or trades or anything, I mean, the resources aren't here. Mm-hmm. You kind of become a jack of all trades in, in some regards. So interesting, man. I know. I'm, I was going to ask a question, but now I think I know the answer to it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Living in a small town like that, especially because you've, you're not local and you lived somewhere larger before, do you feel more isolated or do you feel more of like a sense of community and belonging and you feel like you've, you know, you've got people around you? There is a bit of both. Um, there was a period where I did feel like a bit of an outsider still mm-hmm. because I'm not local. I don't know the histories, but that can kind of be a strength too. Plus being, you know, when you know a lot of information, you tend to hold back, right? Mm-hmm. If you can't, if you can't do that. So I, I did kind of isolate myself a little bit at the same time. I mean. I talk to both my neighbors on both sides of me, you know, I have, I have really good neighbors. I'm really happy with that. We chat about stuff that's nothing related to anything. We talk about gardening and stuff, you know, and, you know, we'll go out and do something if something's happening and and that's kind of nice too. So are you a gardener? Um, I am a very rookie gardener. (laughs) Everyone up here gardens. There's not much of a growing season. So I think it's a bit of a challenge for people up here. There are people who are very good at it. There are those who try to keep up with the Joneses and, you know, try and make things look as pretty as the Joneses, but you never do. I, I'm probably living next door to the best gardener, one of the best gardeners in town. So Green thumb? She's very green thumb. She's uh, <laughs> a horticulturalist. So she's she's got a very nice garden and mine is kind of, you know, I'm very glad I've got a six foot hedge across the front of my house because, you know, you can't see what I've got <laughs> in my yard because it looks like crap. Was gardening something that you were always into or? Or you're just like, man, I guess I better, better get into this now. When that in I... Rome. Um, no, when I was in London, uh, I bought a condo and we had a little tiny garden. And I did enjoy doing it. Mm. It's kind of, I enjoy, I've never tried to grow food. I grew, grew food for the first time this year. That's what I was going to ask you. If you grow food or flowers. Um, 
I focused on the food this year. I didn't have a very great crop, but I mean, I had some broccoli. I had, I got a whack of potatoes still. Um, you know, I got a rhubarb plant. That's something I would do if, if and when we ever live in a house, I want to have a vegetable garden and an herb garden. You should see the look I'm getting right now. He's like, <laughs> but that is well, something can... I would do. I would love to grow my own food as much as possible. Weed garden. Well, there really is something about, you know, working there, the earth and there's that connection to the earth and just put everything else aside and you're just focusing on trying to grow something and give life to something, which is kind of fun. You know? And I feel like my kids would enjoy helping me with that. Yeah, probably. They might. <laughs> they might. Kids like to play in the dirt. Oh, well, no, not else, actually, I mean, just... actually not mine. They... <laughs> They're so weird. I know. Seriously, I gave birth to like two of the weirdest kids in the world. They hate being dirty, like absolutely hate it. We were carving pumpkins for Halloween and they wouldn't help me clean them out. And so that's different because that's just fucking disgusting. Yeah, they think it's so gross. I understand. Just recently, I bought a squash and um, I we were I took them grocery shopping with me and they had both tried squash before, but it had been a while. So I said, you guys want to make something with the squash. So then we went home, we started looking on Google and looking at different recipes we can make and they they chose one. So as I was preparing the squash, my littlest one said to me, what's a squash? And I said, well, it's from the same family as a pumpkin. And she goes, ugh, I'm not touching the guts. <laughs> yeah, my kids hate to be dirty. They hate they hate anything gross. And But it makes sense because I'm going to give everybody a fun fact about Mark. When he was in kindergarten, he would throw up when it was finger painting time. <laughs> That's an interesting fact. Yeah. I wonder if I can use that later. <laughs> it was it was instant vomit. What a fucking weird reaction. I do have to say though, I mean, as I think it's it's a maybe it's a massage therapist thing, maybe it's not, but I find that I'm very very tact like certain tactile things really do kind of make me. Yeah, I get it. So I am very, very, very sensitive to cold. And Mark is very, very, very sensitive to hot. I know we're talking about tactile, not temperature, but just I mean, my hands, if I'm working with, um, let's say I'm, I'm, okay, uh, ground meat, if it has just come out of the fridge, and I'm working with ground meat, if it's like fridge cold, I have to take breaks because my hands hurt. It's too cold for me to work with. And Mark, I always make fun of him. I say that he uh, he showers in like ice cold water because he's super sensitive to heat. So if I'm doing dishes and he comes over and puts his hand under the water that I have running every time, he's like, ah, hot. But I need it that hot because the cold kills me. Yeah, but I'm, I'm even thinking like stuff like if I crack an egg and I get the egg slime on me, it's kind of like, oh, mm. I got to wash my hands. Yeah. Got it, you know, and I'm like that. I'm like that with meat too. Like, I, I don't know. The meat thing is always probably just comes from childhood and salmonella and all that stuff too. But yeah, I'm still grossed out by dealing with meat. I'm, oh, I'm very, I mean, I do it, but uh, yeah, I still don't like to. That's interesting. With I think we're going to start asking massage therapists when they come on here what, what things do you touch that absolutely send you bonkers? <laughs> so so I'm I curious. lived with um, a girl in university and she could not handle the feeling of a glass straight out of the dishwasher. Like that, that really feeling would make her want to throw up. Uh, and That's we used to, well, we used to say to her, like, do you really have a problem with that? Or do you just not want to empty the dishwasher? <laughs> <laughs> ah, there's method behind the madness. Okay. <laughs> 
as long as you put the dishes in and you can push the buttons to run the cycle, then, you know, <laughs> that's that's the important part, right? Yes, yes, yes. Maybe. What it's else nice do we want to what else do we want to know about working in a small town? Do you think you're you're ever leaving a small town or you this is this is it for you? Um, I would like to think that this is it. I mean, I'm getting kind of old, so I don't want to move around too much. Um, I did enough moving in my days. Mm. I've moved a lot, actually. <laughs> so I, it would be nice to sit, sort of stand still. And it was nice because when, uh, when I stopped doing that drive back and forth to the big center, I, um, I haven't really left here too much. I went to Sudbury to see you guys there for a course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't leave here again till, I mean, I saw, I took that course with you guys last March. So I went, you know, no, 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 no. That was the other way around. I did Christmas and then I did, I saw you guys and then I didn't go out, out of town till the massage conference. Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm really content to just be a homebody now because I've, I'm tired of driving the highway. And I mean, it's a two lane highway, two way. It's Trans Canada Highway. Uh, regularly closes. The highway was shut down for 27 hours last week or the week before because of snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind of that thing kind of isolates us too, right? So, um, but back to the original question, I uh, probably am content to uh, stay here. I think. So you'll retire there? Well, it's. I mean, the living is is cheap. I mean, some things are more expensive; other things aren't. Um, what do you guys pay for gas down there? Right probably now? way too much. I'm trying to remember what it was the last time I... Yeah, oh, you like filled a, up my tank last. It was like a buck 17. Yeah, about that. Oh, well, I guess we're not that much more expensive because we're about a buck 30. So it is more expensive. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Stuff like that. That was one of the first things I noticed when I moved was the price of gas. And I mean, there's we've only got one grocery store, so there's a monopoly on food, mm-hmm. which kind of I find irritating because they do gouge us a bit. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that, but you don't know where I am, so well, you guys do. <laughs> we do. We won't tell. You do. You know yes. the gas That's thing, the though. If you're not driving a lot, and you're not going anywhere. Then are you like we're we're probably spending more on gas just because of the amount of traveling we have to do in the city. Well, I mean, I I do drive to work because <laughs> I'm lazy that way. But you know, I I warm up my car for 15 minutes so I can drive. You know, for two. <laughs> kind of one of those silly things that we do up here. I would do the same. Got to get all the windows all defrosted and everything and you know yeah you would do the same you would definitely not walk when given the option to drive i mean i don't i don't mind walking i sort of enjoy walking but if i have the opportunity to drive somewhere that's why i have a fucking car (laughs) (laughs) well that's kind of my thinking too you know i i I don't have a problem walking i I, at least i know if i'm snowed in i can walk to work if i have to it probably take me about 10 minutes to walk to work but I'd rather do the two-minute drive and warm up my car for 15 and have a nice heated seat underneath me or something like that. Oh, I love my heated seats. I mean, one, I hate fucking public transit. Like, I can't stand it. I used to live midtown Toronto, and um, when I was building a lot of motorcycles, whenever there was something going on that I couldn't really figure out what the hell was going on with it, I would uh, take it down to a buddy of mine who was downtown Toronto. And so I ride my bike down, and I'm like, great, now I got to get the hell home. But I couldn't stand public transit. I'm like, I'm just going to fucking walk home. It 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 would take me two hours. I'd walk two hours to get home. And uh, one day I'm just walking. I got my helmet in one hand and I got my gloves inside my helmet. And I'm just kind of enjoying life, smoking a cigarette, walking home, thinking, you know, maybe I should just jump into a cab. I'm like, no, let me save some money on a cab. Let me just keep walking. I get home. I realize I fucking lost my gloves. My gloves were like a hundred bucks. It was like like way more expensive than the cab would have been. I remember when I was living in Toronto, I used to work in Harborfront and I used to live in the beaches and I would 
would walk back and forth. That's a nice walk, though, because at least you can walk yeah. along the water. Yeah, it, it took, I can't even remember how long it took, but I'm going to say probably an hour or two. It's not a bad deal. So, I mean, I, I don't mind walking. I used to walk everywhere in Toronto just because I, I didn't really like the TTC either. I moved on the TTC once, too. <laughs> <laughs> you what? Moved. I moved. Like, I moved. Like brought all of your belongings <laughs> on a bus? To... Pretty much, yeah. That's amazing. Pretty much. I think the only thing I didn't do was I didn't get my mattresses on. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I, I, had a bus, I had a metro pass. I would take, you know, an armful of stuff. I'd walk to the stop. I'd hop on the bus. I'd get off at my other stop or my other place, drop yeah. them off and hop back on, back and forth. <laughs> that was awesome. back in the days when I was an art student, right? So Now I mean, you've just described my nightmare. <laughs> I will snowshoe a hundred kilometers before I'm going back and forth on a Toronto bus. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I took TTC, to be honest yeah, with you. Not for me. No, I'm, it I'm used not to be a huge really fan. Good. I, I used to like the streetcars. The streetcars are kind of nice. They, That's they like the glide worst really part well of the TTC. What are you talking about? <laughs> really? Really? I don't, I don't know. know. I, I guess maybe it's the nostalgia of them. Maybe. A friend of mine used to have a picture of a, a TTC car from like 1920 or something like that. And it was actually right outside. Uh, I went to the College of Arts. So we, uh, one of our our campuses was the Stewart Building, which is right down by Queen's Park, mm-hmm. across the street from Queen's Park. So it was a picture of the Stewart Building with a TTC car. It was kind of neat to see what that corner used to look like back then. I love seeing those. A friend of ours just sent us a picture of our, like, where our condo is now, the intersection of what it used to look like. And what was the year he said? I, th- I don't know. I want to say it was 50, yeah, 53, I think. And it was just farms. And now our entire, yeah. I mean, we don't even have a neighborhood. We're just surrounded by high rises, condos. That's it. Wow. Wow. So are you guys high up in, in, in the building? Or no, lower? because I'm afraid. <laughs> Actually, when we were looking for our condo, we found probably a more appropriate unit for what we needed, like a nicer place. But it was on, I think it was like the 20th or 21st floor, better parking, more storage, just it was a better condo, but I refused because I didn't want to be higher than, um, I can't remember now if it's six or eight is the highest that you could be rescued if something were to happen. So he said, we're not going higher than that. <laughs> and I thought Technology about... Technology now, they've probably got higher ladders, so it's probably eight now. Well, you know, and Maybe I also thought about um, the blackout that happened in, what year was uh, that, 2003? Something like that? Don't, don't Maybe. even... Exactly. And you were living on what, the, tw- uh, the 33rd, 33rd floor, floor when that happened? Yeah. Um, Imagine losing all your power for days and having to go up and down. And no, there was no part of me that wanted to do that. So we actually live on the sixth floor and we have a third floor terrace. So when I look out my window, it actually looks like I'm only on the third floor because there's there's ground three floors below me. So yeah, I, I like that much better. But I'm a big chicken and I don't want to have to go up and down 33 flights of stairs like you had to do. Well, and then everything above the 10th floor didn't have water. So that just became a disaster. That could be the equivalent of your 10K snowshoe though, is up and down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm good. No, thanks. No? I'll do. You're good for that? Okay. Yeah, no. We've got like a really nice exercise room in the condo, really nice gym. I'll just, I'll just go work out when I feel like it. <laughs> Yeah, you can do that too. You can do that too. So you you win the lottery. Do you play the lottery? You a lottery player? Me? Yeah. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. All right. You win big. Just you. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Oh God, I would really have to think about that. To be honest with you, are we are we staying up? I might do both. You know, I mean, I do. There are things that I really do like about here that I wouldn't want to give up. Um, I would probably travel south more though. You mm-hmm. know, just to get away. You know, from the 
Uh, February weather is not nice up here. Last year when I got back from Christmas, I got, I came back and it was minus, minus 30 consistently for a lot of the winter. We had a really cold winter. I think you guys did too, but we were minus 30 regularly up here. So. I think I block it out every year, but yeah, I'm remembering painful, painful winter last year. Was last year the year we moved in here? Uh, no. We moved in here two years ago. The year we moved in here, it was really that was fun. cold that too. That was yeah. cold too. Winter's just cold, and like I said, I think I block it out every year. I my birthday's in February, and I can tell you that for five years, I think it was five years straight, there was a snowstorm on my birthday. So by like the sixth year, I was like, "Fuck it, we're not celebrating because I don't feel like going out in a snowstorm." <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I know that for probably the first five or six years that I was up here, it snowed on Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Oh. Boy. Boy. Day. I feel like I should know when that is. <laughs> when, when's Mother's Day? What month the is... first or second weekend in May. May. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I was wondering, like, why is everyone freaking out about snow on Mother's Day? Why don't now you I'm know like, when Mother's Day is? Because I'm not a mom. I don't know, man. And I don't have my calendar in front of me. Right? <laughs> Come on. Put a reminder on your phone. How did you get through every, life every... before me? Well, <laughs> I'm not going to answer. <laughs> Barely scraped by. You made him complete, Amanda. Oh. That's, just, that's just it, right? <laughs> I was waiting for him to add something nice, you know, maybe say something nice about me. He's He's got nothing. No, I was going no. to pull like Tom Cruise lines from Jerry Maguire, but I didn't bother. <laughs> You complete me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to be more like, I love black people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jerry Maguire. I love that movie. Anyway, maybe we should uh, stop talking shit because I think I got to go cook dinner for our children. And this guy's got uh, something to do tonight. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're yeah, going to. His... Oh, yeah. You're going to. You know what? We did not have one christmas party this year literally nobody invited us to a christmas party wtf no. no is it like a work friend thing family thing or is this what what is it um it's more a friend thing yeah they're musicians so i'm kind of curious what's going to happen because i don't know i haven't really gone to these people's place before oh nice uh, they're new in town yeah they moved up here from kingsville i don't know what to expect it could be a music festival group of people gathering so that's that could be fun yeah sounds good random instrument instruments coming out and see what people do and i'll just watch because i don't do music very very well so that's when you sing man just just grab hold of a mic sing your heart out <laughs> we were we were considering hosting a christmas party here like an office christmas party for any rmt that wanted to come that has no office and no staff and no one to have a christmas party yeah, all with. of us who work in a isolation. holiday party that's a cool idea yeah. we thought about doing it but then yeah it got a little crazy when uh my dad went in for pretty major surgery a couple of weeks ago, so it was not the time to be doing something like that. But we're thinking maybe next year we'll do something. We'll have a big party for any RMTs that that don't have colleagues. That's a cool idea because yeah. I've, I've noticed that. I mean, um, the chiropractor I work with, her husband works, uh, he gets an office party. Um, the receptionist, her husband, I think, has an office party. And um, yeah, I work with, a, there's another lady who does Reiki there. Um, I don't think that she, she's not married or anything like that. So there's no real office. There's only the four of us in the office. Mm -hmm. So we don't really do, well, sometimes we do. Sometimes we'll do some sort of gathering over Christmas. But. Well, next Christmas, you can come down to Toronto and we will have a big party here. Mark's got instruments in the office, so it can, it can get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
And you guys are musicians. Well, he's a musician. He is. So no, don't let me in there. Playing and, yeah, <laughs> that would be fun. Right on. Let's man. do it. Well, thank you for taking time out to hang out with us before your party tonight. I think I want to go live in a small town. Oh, he's very well, serious. Talking, yeah, he's very serious. I know serious. you were talking about it when I was when I was down there at the conference. My second choice for a small town, I would consider Lakefield. Lakefield is just outside of Peterborough. Mm, I'm going to have to Google that. Mm, that's not yeah, even that it, far it was from a us. Nice, it was a nice little town. Well, I grew up in Peterborough, so it's, an, it's a nice little town. It's got, uh, you got the Trent River going up there. You got Trent University, which is a nice building. Nice. I think that would be my second choice. I might have to do a little bit of a motorcycle trip come the spring, see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, check it out. Right on. All right. Well, thanks for hanging with us on the phone. It's been good. Good time. Yeah, good catch up. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been a good catch-up. And if I don't talk to you guys, have a good Christmas and New Year and everything. You too. Right on. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.